I'm back with what's going to be year two of the Orlando Solar Bears podcast here at the New Six Click Orlando Studios. Uh, Jesse Liebman here alongside Solar Bears defenseman Mike Monfredo and Alexander Kukali. Guys, good to have you back. It's the first episode of a new season. How are you feeling? Ready to roll, baby. Yeah, I can't wait to get it started. Well, uh, I mean, busy season, uh, busy start to the season for the team. But before we jump into that, uh, I mean, this is our first episode of the new season after all. So fill the uh, the viewers in at home. What have you guys been up to over the uh, off season? It's been a long summer since uh, playoffs ended. So what have you guys been up to? Uh, my parents actually own a roller hockey rink. So, you know, stay busy. My dad tells me to go up there, run the place, whether I'm uh, – teaching little kids how to play hockey, refing, or running the counter, staying busy. But me and my brother also bought a place this summer and just fixed it up and pretty much got our man cave done this time. Nice. Oh. Is that like on Long Island as well? Yes, or? on Long Island. It's about uh, 15 minutes from my parents. So it's nice. He only works uh, six months out of the year as well. So it made sense for us to buy together because he works on uh, Merch Marine, so he does five weeks out at sea or 70 days out at sea and then 70 days at home so it's wild yeah yeah me uh not much has changed since we caught up in the middle of the summer when i came down my dad still has a construction company so working the jobs with him coast guard army a lot of government stuff uh i was actually up near uh mr monfredo here a lot of martha's vineyard long island work it's usually where a lot of those stations are but other than that uh, my mom's in pittsburgh so my brother's doing lessons there so i would come back and kind of the same thing working on the house trying to fix it up uh just little stuff and i think that goes a long way so other than that happy to be back down here though the sun's a little bit nicer down here well, i'm from new york as well i mean what's the weather like in in the summers though in syracuse is it is it uh, muggy humid uh, upstate's kinda? actually really nice um rochester too where i went to school rochester syracuse you got a lot of the finger lakes right there um it's not that humid um the summer is definitely the best time the winters are brutal uh that's for sure um but can't I mean, be playing down in Florida, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> Orlando's number one. A that's whole for different sure. atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> down here. <laughs> We're in our tanks and uh, shorts at the pool and walking around, and then everyone else is uh, bundled up and freezing, eating soup right now. So I don't mind letting them know every day how much I enjoy living down here. <laughs> well, you still got that brief period in the in the fall, like up in New York, Pennsylvania area, where it's like the leaves are changing color. Everyone's you know yeah, it's pumpkin I, spice season. I oh yeah, yeah, I definitely would say though that's the only time of the month. Well, the seasons that I miss is the fall time. Sweatpants, mm-hmm. hoodie, you know, sitting around like a little bonfire with the friends. Oh, yeah. So, Especially when football season kicks off. Oh, well, Sundays I'm buried on the couch, not moving. You know, you got the game starting at 1 o'clock and last game's at 820 and I'm watching every one of those games. Oh, now, yeah. For you, coming from Long Island, where, where does your allegiance fall with the NFL? The Giants, Giants even okay. though uh, not having a good year again. It's not good to be a New York fan nowadays. No, They're, not with the Jets I don't think either. any teams are actually well, pretty decent. The Bills. They're okay, right? The Bills. <laughs> the Bills Mafia. The Bills Mafia. <laughs> hey, you know what? I hopped on the train just for my time at school. So, I mean, Pats still stomp them, but, you know. Well, the Pats are unstoppable at this point, I think. Yeah, the Steelers aren't doing too good either. So, I kind of think I have to vote or I have to root for the Bills. So, yeah, tough we'll choice as well as mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a little rough, but, I mean, all things considered, 
you know, for you with uh, with the the roller rink stuff over the off season. I mean, I gotta imagine that's probably uh, an interesting perspective for you, where you you kind of operate as a ref at, at times. So, I mean, how, how's that take into account once this uh, hockey season gets going for you? I tend to, you know, lose it on the refs a little bit. I kind of put my perspective into it, what what I would call or what I wouldn't call. Like guys at my parents' rink think that. I have no idea about hockey at all. So when I make a call, they'll start <laughs> arguing with me. So I'm like, man, you just chop that guy down. You look like Paul Bunyan out there. What are you doing? <laughs> and the guy would sit there and argue with me for five minutes, and I kind of have to shrug it off because my dad yells at me not to yell at the <laughs> paying customers. So I'm like, all right, he's got a point there. But coming into the season, you know, I just try and look at it in their view on what they're trying to call. And sometimes I don't see it the same way as they do. What's it like when you have, I know opening night, the, the referee uh, for the Solar Bears game happened to be, you know, first game that he's officiating regular season in his career. Did you go up to him at some point and be like, hey, I'll show you a few pointers or something like that? Uh, depends on how well I know the ref. I don't think <laughs> his first time I would say that, but after yeah. he played in the league for eight years, you kind of know a little bit of the refs here and there, so you can get away with a little bit more. So I kind of, at first, I'm trying to be a little bit friendly with them. So hopefully it pays off. You build that rapport. And then they they trust you. And later on in the season, I can get away with, you know, maybe a cross check or two in front of the net or happen to hit somebody in the head. I can get away (laughs) with it. Who knows? Get a couple bonus calls. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I do. You know, sometimes you just fall over and kind of act like you're hurt. And next thing you know, you're on a power play. The old head back snap, fake the high stick or something. Right in the corner, just eat one, you know. (laughs) Ah, my neck. (laughs) I think I seen that uh, last time you played. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm I'm always falling (laughs) around. Well, so I wanted to bring this up with you guys uh, just because I happened to catch the the Lightning Pittsburgh game that was on NBC Sports last night. Uh, kind of an interesting turn of events late in the game. 2-2, looks like it's heading for overtime. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Lightning score uh, with uh, – or no, it, yeah, they score. They take a 3-2 lead. Uh, and then the Penguins pull the goalie, try to tie it up. And with like five-tenths of a second left – goal line save from Andre Vasilevsky and goes to video review for a good 10 minutes uh, early in the, so far in the ECHL season for the Solar Bears this is the first year that the ECHL has adopted video review for goals we've seen a couple of instances where it's gone to video review uh, I mean what are you guys thoughts on now that the ECHL has finally come around and adopted video review well I think it's good that every team in the league has it now um like, I remember last year, I think it was, what, like, Keizu, like, Toledo, Utah. It was just, like, one team in every division, I think, that had it. So then, some, you know, sometimes you would get burned if you weren't in a venue, you know, to have that replay. So I think it's good that every team has it. Um, I think a couple of instances we've already had where – It went against I'm, us. I would, yeah, much. right. Well, I don't think that was a goal anyway. I think you could tell – I mean, I'll just speak my mind. I think you could tell from the Jumbotron that it hit the crossbar and went out. So You're talking like, about opening night, right? Yeah. I like to see, though, the cameras that they're using during the radio replay. Because I know when – if I wasn't to make a road trip and I was to watch from my parents' account the game, mm-hmm. it's too far away – 
to see what is actually going on. Like it's not zoomed in on the game. Right. It's a far away distance. So I would like to see what kind of angle they're looking at and why don't they look at maybe take a peek up at the Jumbotron, say, okay, like, all right, let me go back to the camera and see it. So my understanding of it is that they've got a camera above each net uh, and the signal or the feed from, from those cameras, it goes to a tablet that's in the scorekeeper's box. So like they're seeing exactly bird's eye view above the net. Did it cross the goal line? Did it not? So well, it's well, kind of hard when no one else sees it either. Yeah, that's got to be the frustrating thing. Yeah, they didn't thing have the, the, the goal judge didn't see it. He didn't sign the uh, siren, so to say, to say it went in the net. But according to them, they seen something that moved the puck crossed the goal line and called it a goal against us. Yeah. And obviously, like yeah. Kook said from the Jumbotron, it looked like it went straight crossbar and out. Hey, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you guys. We saw another uh, goal in that game uh, awarded to the Solar Bears that went to, it was a quick video review. I think it was obvious to everyone, Ivan Kosarenkov getting his first of the game. That one hit the back of the net and, you know, rippled out pretty quickly. So, but that ultimately ended up standing up as a good goal after video review as well. So, I mean, probably Over. some fine tuning that needs to be maybe done and, you know, as teams learn to adapt with that being a, a part of the rules now. Well, yeah. But, speaking oh, oh, for yeah. myself, like, right. it's kind of hard being a one ref trying to see everything that's going on. Like, the linesman could make a judgment call to kind of help out, maybe keep an eye on it. But for a single referee to get up and down the rink is kind of difficult because behind the play you have a little whacking, pushing here and there to get away with things. But then he's got to look up ice and might have missed something up the ice. So in that sense, I think a two-ref system would be a little bit better, which they, I think they should adapt to. But for now, I think we're going to see a lot of video replays on goals that were potential that could have happened or didn't happen, and we'll be watching a lot of replays. So you think they'll kind of use it more as a crutch than anything else? Yeah, I agree with Fredo. Just the game's too fast, and there's so much going on. It's really hard for one ref to be able to monitor everything, especially when you're – I mean, you're making a call that could really change the influence of the game one way or the other. So. How, do you, how do you think that dynamic changes, you know, uh, uh, in the ECHL playoffs? Once you get to the postseason, they do go to two refs for every game. How do you think that, that maybe changes the dynamic well, with I video just, review now? I just think it's way more accurate. And you, like Fredo said, you're able to bounce an idea off of someone else who's looking at the same thing that you are rather than having everything solely on yourself where, like, it's just a, that much more added pressure to make sure that you're, you know. Right, instead of having to watch behind the play at the two guys whacking each other now you could focus on the play that's going up the ice because you know that you are the refs behind watching everything going on so it makes it a little bit less stressful like he said on the refs as well so far this season a uh, team's off to an 0-3 start probably not what anyone had expected or certainly hoped for um but you know, I don't think uh, for, from my perspective seeing you guys practicing every day at the RDV no one's panicking yet no one's panicking. It's still far too early, I think, before, you know, people start even getting concerned or worried. I mean, what, what are your guys' thoughts? It seemed like a pretty upbeat practice today. Uh, like you said, there's no need to panic. It's a 72-game system or yeah. a season, so three games is really nothing. It kind of stinks to fall behind the eight ball already, but guys are up and ready to go. We just got to stay ready, stick to the game plan. You could see when we actually do the game plan, it works, but we kind of stray away from it when things are going our way take that uh, second game against South Carolina. We had 10, 15 chances to score and their goalie's making big saves. It kind of drains a little energy out of you, so to say, because you have a wide open net and you're missing it or the goalie's making a crazy save. But you got to learn to just block it out and keep moving forward from there. 
Yeah, I, I think we've had a really sharp couple of days of practice. Um, and, you know, I agree with Fredo. I mean, you never want to start off 0-3, um, but it's a long season. It's a very long season. And they're, we've played a lot of seasons, you know, ourselves. And, you know, the teams go up and down. And, you know, you might start off hot and then go on a skid. Um, personally, I think I'd rather, you know, deal with it now, nip it in the bud, and move on from there. Um, it's not something you ever want to deal with, but uh, I've been on teams where we've had rough starts and then you get hot, you know, and you just ride the wave and you try and do the right things every day and hopefully it translates and it usually does when you, you know, work hard. So and we've certainly been putting in a couple of hard weeks of practice here. So we got two good tests this weekend and hopefully we can come out with a couple wins and that's the plan. That's everyone staying positive. So. You know, it, it kind of occurs to me to have you guys sitting here here with us. You're both defensemen. You both were, if I'm not mistaken, you were teammates uh, prior to coming to the Solar Bears when you guys both played in, in Quad City. So, I mean, you guys probably go a little bit of a ways back, and you probably know a little bit of each other's tendencies. I mean, tell me, what's one thing that the other one probably w wouldn't uh, know about about the other? Well, it was a quick little stint in Quad City. I kind of yeah. got traded right away. Right. So it was only maybe a week. So I really didn't get Really? To, okay. So it was no, a really quick turnaround. Yeah. So I really didn't get to know them that well. They kind of were cleaning house in Quad City and they fired the head coach. And then two days later, I got traded. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was pretty quick. It was the day after rookie party, actually. <laughs> oh, boy. And we kind of lost Kooks. You know, new guy came to the team first year, <laughs> kind of lost him a little bit. And when I got the phone call in the morning, hey, you got to come to the rink. I was like, do I have to come right now? Like, we just had rookie party. You knew about this. And like, yeah, you got to come. Oh, boy. So that was the last thing on my mind saying, hey, you got traded. I thought it was definitely someone got in trouble for doing something or someone caught the team doing X, Y, and Z. So I got to the rink and told me right away, hey, yeah. we're sending you to Rapid City. It's kind of choked up about that. I mean, they were last in the league. I think they had like eight, nine wins. So yeah, it, was it was a tough a, season for them. It was a little tough, yeah. <clears throat> but me and Fredo, I, we actually played against each other when, was that like 10 years ago now? Yeah, and it was a, a in, long, the, long time in, ago. In the Null, yeah. We're, we're young, but yeah, no, we played a lot of hockey before. But I just remember seeing this Monfredo guy, you know, everyone was talking about him. and played against him he's just hands in everybody's faces washing everyone and i'm just like this guy is terrifying <laughs> he's come got, a long way since then he's I got mean, like 200 I'm, some penalty minutes and i'm just like i hope this guy doesn't even look at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh, lost my mind my 21 year just 248 pimps i think i was taking a 10 almost every game pretty oh much just and that's in the not like they don't even allow fighting in the null or do they no they they do oh trust yeah, me they do <laughs> Yeah, I think my last game of the season, I fought three times, got kicked out, took oh. a 10 because I was yelling at the ref. I tried to go after him at one point. Because they, they don't allow fighting in college hockey, right? No, so, yeah, no fighting. No, so no, how, no. how does that work if you're playing like United States in, in the, on the junior circuit, whether it's the NAHL or USHL, where they allow fighting, but then you get to college and you stop? That's uh, just the NCAA. You know, they got their grip on everything and there's no fighting there. And, and you're also wearing cages too, so... I think that's one thing they they try to limit. I think injuries, but um, it's kind of like maybe I guess what I've seen or heard from like European hockey when there's not as much policing and fighting like that. Um, sometimes dangerous plays 
you know, come into more like hits and stuff like that where you know uh, you might not have to answer to anything. Um, you I'm might, guessing you hear you a lot of that from, from, from like your brother, right? When, when he's my brother and, and a lot of my friends from um, RIT, they're, they're over there. And um, sometimes they're just a little bit more dirty hits and plays like that. And I would like to see, though, the NCAA maybe go to visors, maybe allow fighting just because the sole reason that when you get drafted or you move on right you got to get used to using a visor now there's fighting which there's an intimidation factor with that mm -hmm. like you could there could be the most skilled guy in the world and once you get into the mix of fighting and stuff like that he shies away so i think it would be maybe okay maybe not fighting so much but for the visor part same thing guys shy away they see a puck coming high high sticks so on so it's a little bit of a transition so would that be would you say across the board for all ncaa hockey or would just like maybe d1 or d3 or where do you think it comes in well the way they operate it is kind of like a whole blanket like if they change i mean definitely not women's no definitely not with the women but i mean it's that's think, a different story i think men's um d1 d3 d2 i don't even know I'm pretty sure there's d2 there's but d2 but i think teams. it's like a couple yeah it's yeah, like literally it's one many. conference yeah so, but i think they would have to change everything if they did one um but i agree with everything mike just said i think it it, it's a whole new spectrum on the game once you uh once you kind of include visors into it, because like you said, sometimes people just shy away, you know. When you play with a cage, you're really fearless. You have nothing to yeah, dive, be, be afraid people of. People are diving in front of the pucks head first to block a shot. Like, it's absolutely insane when yeah. some people are doing that. But you know when you come into a visor, you're not diving face first. I yeah. mean, you may trip into a, a puck face <laughs> first, but you're definitely not sliding face first into a puck. No. Right? So... The game's a little bit different. So and I they that. just changed the rule in our league. We have, uh, I believe it's 10 fights and then you get suspended, where we had 15 guys last year with over 10 fights. Some guys were up in the 18s or 20 fights a year. Right. Now that's changing. So the game's changing a little bit where the fighting aspect, maybe they're trying to take out of it. And they're starting with us to see how it works out. So 10 fights, one game, 11 fights, I think it's two games, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, for... For the ECHL, it always builds itself as a developmental league. So I guess if I had to put on my thinking cap and wonder, well, why are, why are they doing that? Obviously, the fans certainly come and they're entertained by the fights. And, and you might see a slight reduction. But I think if anything, at the end of the day, it probably was done to protect the players. I mean, if it is a developmental league and you've got a lot of young guys coming in. But at the same time, I mean, in the NHL and the American League, if you're developing and trying to move on to the next level, wouldn't it make sense to be prepared to, to know how to fight? Uh, a little bit. I think they're trying to do away with that whole enforcer role right. where you don't need that tough guy that's just out there really not that well of a skater that can go out there and fight. Like you need to have a little bit of skill in your game to go out there. Like maybe like an Eric Lindros kind of, a, a grinder, a guy that goes out there, you know, can bang bodies, put pucks in the net. They're trying to get maybe more of those guys per se. Right, not straight up that you know cookie cutter mold of you know you're going out there literally just trying to scare guys but you can't really play because then you know say you maybe get a forward down or two and then if you have to insert that guy into the lineup and he's not i guess up to par with the other players and your team's really going to struggle from that but i agree with you i think it's good for everyone to know how to you know 
stick up for themselves and make sure that you can protect yourself because I think if you go throughout playing, I guess, your younger years and then now you're coming into the ECHL, AHL, and you want to move up to the NHL, like there's a lot of hungry guys out there and they only get bigger and stronger and faster. So if you don't learn early, then I think you could be really and in a tough spot. We'll get exposed real quick like that though too. Like you'll play one game, you'll see that guy shine away and kind of take advantage of that guy, so to say. Yeah, and you might not ever get a chance again if you react like he just said. So we'll see how it goes. Big uh, big stretch of games this weekend. You got a home and home with the Florida Everblades. So always love seeing those guys, I'm sure. Uh, we saw them in the, a little bit in the preseason. Each team got a, got a win. Uh, I mean, you guys probably have looked at some videos so far and trying to get a sense of their tendencies. I mean, what are you, what are you anticipating for this weekend's set of games? Oh, they're, uh, they're the same team no matter what. I mean, yeah. played um, two years now in a row, for the last two years. So they tend to, uh, you know, they have a game plan. They stick to it very well. When they score, it seems to uh, come in bunches. So you got to kind of nip it right away when they score. You kind of kind of go out there with a momentum swinger, maybe a big shift, a big block shot or something like that. But once they start losing, that's when the chippiness sets in. And, you know, if we're not smart enough to kind of avoid it and we start playing like that, that's when we get taken off our game. And then all of a sudden, you know, they put two pucks in the net. We find ourselves, we're tied and the momentum's in their way and we're in big trouble then. So we got to learn to just uh, play with a lot of controlled emotion this weekend. Yeah, definitely getting a good start. at least every time we've had success, we've always seemed to score first. So I think that's really key to get off to a good start. And right, just being able to play hard, um, stay within the structure and not let them get us off our game. That's really it. Because then, you know, penalties come, you might take a retaliatory one, you know, give them more opportunities. And, and they're a skilled team. You don't take it away from them. But um, we certainly don't need to give them any more opportunities uh, than they would normally. So if we can stick to our structure, like we said, like we did in preseason, I thought we did a really good job, especially that first game of, you know, we were able to get up a couple goals and um, stay with that and keep them on their heels because I think once uh, they're behind the eight ball, they kind of start to, you know, maybe crumble and we can take advantage of those opportunities when they're trying to maybe make more offensive plays. So it was kind of interesting down in the preseason. I, they're undergoing a, some renovations to their arena, putting in a new video board. They had a new ownership change over the, the season. So they completely like redid the suites and the press level up where, where I'm kind of based calling the game. Uh, but during the preseason, they had taken out their whole sound system, I guess. How weird was that where you, you're coming out for warm-ups, there's no music, there's no like PA feed, the guy's using an air horn to indicate the end of a, the period or a goal. I mean, what was that like? Uh, I don't don't think you're ever too surprised with anything that happens in this league, like from bus break, buses breaking down to, you know, no music and literally nobody's talking out there because I don't think anyone knew what to do. Like even on the other team, like we were all just kind of looking at each other and we're like, all right, well, this is kind of, yeah, just laughing. Like maybe I should have worn my headphones out here so I could get ready and listen to some music for the game. It definitely was a weird feeling going, no music. I know for me, you know, I like to sing along a little bit you know get a little shuffle going to the music so it's kind of 
like wow where the heck is the music and then you heard the air horn go off and kind of looking around seeing what the heck is right. that the guys on both teams were just kind of looking at each other like all right well hey, see you out here for the game there's no anthem when That's we got right. back there was up. no anthem either so it was just like it was like a midget hockey game where you're just like all right refs out here drop the puck let's go definitely had a good laugh in the locker room with all the boys just yeah. talking about it and everyone's just like oh my gosh what's going on especially the first year guys like is this Really is this typical? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, they're like, I'm yeah, like no, this either. doesn't go on normally. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. Well, from what I understand, they still haven't put the new video board in. That's not going to be in until, I think, the weekend that we go in there for like a back-to-back in early November. Uh, but I guess they've put in some temporary video screens at like each end of the each end of the rink. So I guess the new sound system – or the sound system's back in and hooked up. So hopefully it'll feel like a – uh, a regular regular season game when we go down uh, this weekend down to Estero. I definitely don't mind the uh, yeah. The jumbotron doesn't bother me. I very rarely look up at it. Or actually, I do. I check myself out. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, Make sure man. I'm looking no. good. Yeah, we <laughs> no, got but, cam on, right? <laughs> no, but you know, definitely the music's a important part. I think kind of get the boys humming around because in the locker room you're listening to music and all of a sudden you go on the ice and just dead silent. Yeah. So there's pretty much. No talking, no nothing. Guys are kind of just like laughing. I mean, a little loose, but definitely the music is a huge factor to kind of yeah. get warmed up and get going. Otherwise, kind of look a little sluggish. Well, you know, that kind of actually is a perfect segue into the warm-up mix that we're playing at the Amway Center now because I understand that you guys basically had like full carte blanche to pick the whole warm-up music. Is that is that correct? Or I believe, yeah. Yes, right? yes. So what's up? Because it's all over the place. Um, they gave us a mix and it was straight techno music. There was no words to it. And a lot of guys didn't like that. I mean, there was some good beats, but I like to sing along, you know, hear a lot of words coming out. I know a lot of guys do that too, you know. Yeah. So we put together a mix of songs that we like to hear. And that everyone kind of knew and you kind of everyone could like agree that you know you would jam you know so yeah you know you have some techno songs you got a couple rap songs in there then yeah i think we have one country one the country right? song you see like all the boys yeah. skating off the ice you know they're kind of high stepping so to say they're really jacked up ready to go get the game started yeah and you want to get the fans into it too you know you want to play something that you know maybe the songs they know you know they'll sing they'll get into it you just want to get everyone kind of rolling so I mean, if you if who so is it a collective decision on who makes it or is there one guy that's like the DJ in the locker room? Um, Donnie Donaghy usually is the DJ, but he kind of takes requests upon anybody, whatever you have to uh, throw out there. He'll kind of put on for you and give you it, a, give you a shot. Give yeah, definitely give you the shot, and then all of a sudden he'll the boys will start booing the song <laughs> next next and. Kind of that song kind of just fades yeah. away. You got to do your homework before you uh, make a request because otherwise you might not get another chance. I do find a lot of guys do like the uh, 2000 raps, though. Yeah, so a lot of... Like some Eminem, some Dr. Dre. Yeah, a little Biggie, bit of that. Biggie, uh, a lot of flashbacks, I'll say that. Not so, not as much as the new mumble stuff. Not that it's not bad. Some of the songs are good, but I'd say we have a lot more throwbacks than normal. I think today was a big uh, R&B throwback yeah. day. 
in the locker room afterwards. Pretty sure I heard an Alicia Keys song on at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what was yes. going on. <laughs> oh, yes, it was an interesting vibe. But we had a good practice, so you know, we'll take it. There you go. We carried in. Maybe Alicia Keys is the, the missing uh, ingredient here for hey, the start of the we're, season. Hey, we're going to find she out. She does have a nice voice. I'll she give does. her that. She is a nice <laughs> So as far as – I know it's not necessarily a hockey thing, but in baseball, guys have like their walk-up songs when they go up to the plate. So, I mean, what would your guys' walk-up song be if you had like one song that would get you completely jacked up for uh, Ooh. stepping Might be, out to the uh, ice? Many Men by 50 Cent. Probably New Level, uh, ASAP Ferg. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Oh, I wish I said that first. That's a, <laughs> such a good one, too. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't recognize either of those songs by their title, so I guess I just need to expand definitely, my horizons. Yeah, so definitely okay. can't sing it on this. No, absolutely not. We can't sing it. But to our listeners, you know, give it a, give it a listen. See what the boys would come out to. Maybe the uh, edited version. Yeah, edited. right, right. Swear right. words, yeah. words in there. So. Yeah, we don't need no cuss words. Of course, we got to keep it clean. It's all family-friendly entertainment, right? Exactly. Always. There Always. you go. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, we've talked a little hockey, uh, and certainly we talked a little bit about the the tough start to the season. It's always good to get away from the rink uh, and you know find that that downtime for yourself. I guess you've been pretty busy with that, though, from what I understand. You got a, a new Mr. puppy, Manfredo. Yes, became a fur father, as some would like to say. Uh, Got a yellow lab. She's eight weeks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, she's a little bit of a handful. She doesn't like her cage right now, so got to kind of wear her out. Like last night, I put her to bed. She was trying to go to sleep at 8 o'clock, but I wouldn't let her go to bed till about 10 o'clock, so she was very mad at me. (laughs) So finally got her to bed at 10. She was up at 4 to go to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, took 20 minutes to play with her again and put her in the kennel. And but before I came here, I walked her, played with her. As soon as I put her in the kennel, she lost her mind. And I felt kind of bad for my neighbors, <laughs> yeah. but it happens. <laughs> I'm too happy. But she's gonna, be, she's gonna be pretty tiny though at this point, so she can't be like too loud, is she? Or yeah, but they have that. Uh, she's not very big. She's 10 pounds at the most, probably less than that. But it's that high-pitched squeal that they let out that just pierces through you. So kind of feel the bad. walls and everything. Yeah, it just pierces your ears. And I'm like, oh, no. Can you please stop? But yesterday, Brodzinski actually watched it for me because we had another team <clears throat> event. And he enjoyed it. And I got a lot of snaps from him. He's got two dogs at home, his parents, and then him and his girlfriend have one. So trusted him with her and I have to say he did tire her out for me so when I got home I didn't have to do anything I got to sit on the couch for a little bit while she napped now is this is the first dog you've ever had or have you had one back home in New York uh, my parents had an old English Mastiff he was uh, 180 pounds oh, so whoa. he was very calm and relaxed so he would walk himself down the street and people would always think we're walking a horse <laughs> so all the dogs would come bark at him and he would just keep moving and look at him like I would destroy you pretty much. <laughs> like, leave me alone, yeah. But he was a big cuddle monster. Well, there you go. Well, now you've got a little cuddle monster of your own. I, got, I have to imagine that's got to be comforting, especially as the season will get going. And uh, Right now, she's a little demon, I would like to say. But, yeah, hopefully she'll grow into that cuddle monster. Uh, is she in, like, the teething phase? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm uh, trying to bite everything, but, you know, bought her a couple chew toys, a couple bones, and she's doing a good job with that. But once you get your hands down, she tries to nip at them. She realized about the door stopper, the one that you flick and it comes back. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. It makes that noise. She kind of discovered that thing and she was going 
20 minutes preoccupied. I didn't have to do a thing. She just sat there smacking it and then run around the house, come back to it, smack it again, bark a couple times. So it was pretty actually funny to see. We got to get her out to the rink at some point. Yeah, she's made a couple of trips already. She came to 2220. We had her over, inaugural visit. I accidentally put her to sleep. He wasn't too happy about that. I was rubbing her. Her little bib, you know, a little white spot right here, and she just slowly started fading off, fading off. She was fighting it, and then she just rolled over. So, really ruined her nap time. Yeah, I ruined. Yeah, I ruined it for him. He had to, he had to keep her. Up. He had to wake her up again. So perfect. But yeah, I plan on maybe bringing her to the rink, throwing her on the ice. I see a lot of teams that have done that so maybe yeah. take her out for a little a whirl around and see what she does yeah throw a couple pucks at her see what happens I don't hit her too hard not she's just a puppy hard. yeah not too hard yeah. <laughs> I mean that's gotta be comforting though like once she kind of gets out of that adolescent puppy phase and kind of get some training in her it's gonna probably be relaxing to be able to come home from the road and you know oh absolutely you know uh, a dog always puts a smile on your face no matter what kind of day you're having when you always get home the dog's happy to see you so it always makes you feel good like oh I came home I had a crap day at the rink and you know I'm not upset with myself I had a bad practice a bad game whatever and you get home and there's this happy little thing just excited to see you and it really cheers you up well, hopefully, in addition to looking forward to coming home to the happy puppy, you're looking forward to coming home with a couple of wins this weekend. So I think that probably uh, calls for as good a time as any to wrap up uh, episode one of season two of the Orlando Solar Bears podcast. Again, thanks to Mike Monfredo and Alexander Kukali for joining us. Uh, Solar Bears take the ice uh, at Amway Center on Friday, take on the Florida Everblades, and then head down to Estero on Saturday for a conclusion of that home-and-home. Home. Uh, and then next Tuesday, boo with the Bears, Halloween time at Amway Center. So... What could be greater than that? What are you guys going for as Halloween? Um, I don't know. Those onesies are pretty cool. I might get the chicken one, but I was also Ace Ventura last year Ooh. when he comes out of the Insane Asylum. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like wearing that pink tutu. We'll see if I make a repeat. Maybe I'll go as Dorothy and take the dog oh. with me as Toto in a oh. little basket. I like it. Thinking outside the box. Oh. I don't know about how comfortable I am dressing up as a woman. Maybe uh. I'll have to go something else but uh right the now we're pointing towards that go with the scarecrow yeah. yeah but it doesn't have uh toto the dog yeah, so you'd have to be you would have to yeah you'd have to be dorothy we'll spitball a couple ideas around we'll figure something yeah. out though. we all have something cool lined up for the game yeah oh for the game yeah maybe i'll come out in a little costume for the game right. no one will know who i am oh. <laughs> or maybe i don't know i was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Ooh. my freshman year of college. So that was oh. that was a good one. Which yeah, one were you? Uh, always Michelangelo. Mm. I love pizza. So. Yeah, he is the best one. He have is the best. But we can get three guys. You know, goes the Ninja Turtles. Maybe get uh, yeah. Master Splinter involved in Ooh, that. Oh, how Go about that? A big uh, rat good, rolling around. Who would be the Master Splinter of the Solar Bears roster? I think Dylan Fitz. He's a big rat. So yeah, he is. We'll definitely make him. <laughs> yeah, we'll bully him into doing that one. <laughs> Perfect. Looking forward to uh, what should be a fun weekend uh, of hockey. And uh, next week, obviously, Halloween right around the corner. So, again, thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, Until next time, this has been the Orlando Solar Bears podcast.